0: Yes, people, welcome. This is episode two of the Breakdown Show, brought to you by the Football Supplement. We've got the full team in the house this week. Jay's back from his sabbatical, shall we call it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's back from training international
0: in break. It's <laughs> welcome Full back, team bro. in the building, you know what I mean? We're full team here, obviously. Um so, first thing i say is thank you to those who listened to episode one. Um, thanks, you know, Definitely. Those that listen, thank you very much. Those that subscribe, those that liked, those that shared it, thank you very much. Your support is much appreciated. Um, obviously, this is episode two. Now we've got the full team. This is the full team that you're seeing here. So, um, the top right of the screen is obviously the man that's the Liverpool man. The Liverpool guy, the bias guy, but that's 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 to be that's to be unraveled. So guy. Like Listen,
2: objective, innit? Yeah. <laughs> objective. Objective Next week, I'm He's... changing my, my name to Objective T, innit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> objective T. <tea. laughs>
0: key, key, key. Fresh, fresh off, fresh off a three-nil win, but you know, we move. Mm. Obviously. So bottom right, we've got man like Kofi. That's that's Chelsea all the way. You know what don't I mean? Know, I, I think know. Kofi's probably the most objective of everybody in the group. Kofi's probably the most objective.
3: You, you know Z what? I'll like, take nah. that. I'll take that, but I know Jay will probably have something to say about that as well. Do you know what I mean? But, <laughs> no, it's nice Nice to hear. It's nice to hear.
0: <laughs> probably the most diplomatic and, and yeah, le- least likely to go off on one. Then we have Jay. If you're talking about anything to do with Spurs, just don't at him. Don't, 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 don't try and bring him in because it's not going to be positive.
1: You said, <laughs> oh, I'm good man, I'm good, I'm good. I'm I'm glad to be here. You know, I missed the first one, but we here we started. Had had in
2: the background, bro. What's 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 now like, what game is on in the background?
1: Um that's on the league game, you know. I'm not i waiting for a minute to come up. So I've got that ready. Them ones both. <laughs>
3: okay.
1: Okay, cool. Okay, what's
0: <laughs> yeah, cool, 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 cool. So, obviously, we're going to talk through a few um of the topics we got this week. Um obviously, we're talking about what makes a world-class player. Um we're talking about the Arsenal si- the current Arsenal situation and not just now, but the past couple of years. And obviously, we were going to do this last week, but obviously we we're waiting for Mr. Sporting Director to get here so he could, <laughs> you know, break it down probably in a better way than Eli- than Eddie's doing right now.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> probably doing a, a much
0: better job, you know. And the last part of the show, we're gonna um, go through our Premier League eleven, all st- all time eleven, and it's just our opinion. So if you've mm. got a different opinion, that's your business. That's your business. <laughs> Get in the comments, yeah, and at the person who you don't like what they say, and that's that's it is what it is. It you is what it is. But
1: this is.
2: We'll have it this out is there.
0: our opinion. Exactly. We'll have it out in the comments with you. So don't try it because I'm on my <laughs> stuff when I need to be. So, <laughs> But this is this is our our um, first 11s. Um, and obviously we'll try and argue and come to a unanimous first 11. We've gone for a 4-3-3 formation. But anyway, that's a bit later. Our first topic of the day. This has come from a discussion in our group chat, our football group chat, um, where we were discussing different things but was discussing about oh, do we have any world class um goalkeepers in the premier league and obviously it opened up a kind of a debate really as to what makes a world class player um, T do you want to kind of like lead on like what ha- how you feel like uh, or how you feel you should start this discussion in terms of like what makes a world class player because obviously it come back it come from us talking about whether there were any um, world-class players in the, in the Premier League and world-class goalkeepers specifically yeah. in the Premier League. And you were saying you didn't think there was any. And I thought, um, obviously, there are some world-class Premier League players, um, goalkeepers, sorry. So give your, your side of it and then I'll give my side of it and then we can get into it.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. So I think, yeah, that, that, that conversation was an interesting one. But from from my perspective, I think in general, what we've seen is the level of Defending, I think, in the last couple of years, in general, I'm doing defenders and keep, and goalkeeping. I think has has regressed over the years. I think the game itself has become more about athletes rather than it actually being about technicians and you actually being skilled at your position. Um, and I think as a result, right now when we were discussing it, I don't really see a world class keeper in the league, like an undoubted, undisputed world class keeper. Um, I just couldn't name one. I guess you mentioned Allison. For me, I think Allison's kind of dropped off a little bit. The reason why I say that is because the first attribute for me of a world-class player is availability and consistency. And I think Allison, as a keeper is, is probably a bit too injury-prone for me. Um, it's not to say that you can't be injury-prone and be world-class, but that should be your basis. And I think as a goalkeeper as well, um, if you can't rely on your keeper, in there, you know, 35 40 games a season, it's a bit of a question mark for me. Um, come go on, go on, bro.
0: No, I was just gonna say, No, go on, I'll let you finish and then I'll, I'll, I'll go, go on.
2: Yeah, and then just looking around the, the rest of the league as well. I mean, we we had we did have an outstanding candidate in the gayer in the hair, but obviously he's fallen off a little bit, or a, a little bit is, is probably a bit kind to him, but um. You know when i think about a world-class keeper i look back at the premier league and obviously we'll, we'll get into our 11s a, a little bit later on but i think about joshua michaels i think about your Petaceks, i think about your siemens i think about these kind of guys who've been performing at a high level and they turn up in games week in week out there's no there's no doubts about their reliability um and obviously most of these guys are are, are playing for top class sides who rarely face shots or rarely face, um, you know, attacks from the opposition because of the the level of the side. So when they're called upon, you obviously need concentration. And these, these are the kind of facets that I'm talking about in terms of there being a, an undisputed work. If you've noticed now, the game has kind of moved towards keepers more being lauded for their technical ability with their feet. Now that's a nice to have, in my opinion, and some sides obviously play to, towards that that kind of that tactic, that strategy. But for me, I like your bread and butter. I like your keepers to be sharp mentally. They need to be able to command the back line. Um, they also need to be able to, when they're called upon, they need to be reliable, bruv. And I think there's too many keepers now. We're seeing regular mistakes in the league now. And I think overall, sometimes we can get into a debate of like looking at it like, oh, well, let's just find a world-class... Someone has to be world-class. But if there's no-one that's world-class, don't bandy it around, bruv. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's my opinion. Don't bandy it around. Wait for there to be a genuine um, candidate for that title. I just think that it's, it's bandied around a little bit too, too easily these days. And mm-hmm. I can't see an outstanding candidate in the Premier League for me right now.
0: So who do you say... Are the world class players in the goalkeepers in the world? Let's focus on goalkeepers. But who so with that said, who's the who's let's let's kind of go around and then just say who you think are the world class goalkeepers in world football?
2: Mm. So for me So I let you go let,
0: T, who who's who's world class for you?
2: For me, Jan Oblak, for sure. Um I think, yeah, no two ways about that. He's been performing at a high level for a long time. Um and I think Manuel Noah, for sure. Those are the only two outstanding, outstanding candidates I could say right now, to be honest. Really, but mm. mm-hmm. I would say is okay. genuinely world class. Not, not, not any second, not any second thoughts for me.
0: Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, cool. So, Kofi, um, who do you think is world class? World class goalkeeper.
2: So, in the world
0: right now.
3: In the world right now. I mean, I mean, I'll get onto the, t- I'll get onto the term world class later on, but um, just, just for now, my names that I had were Handanovic. Um, Oblak, um, Allison. I know you were a bit, you're a bit, you know, apprehensive about him, but I'm going to put I'm going to spit him in there as well. You've got Thibaut Courtois at Real Madrid, um, to still, and then Kayla Navas, although there is a bit of a question mark there. But those are my keepers right now that I say, if you're looking at the top of the tree in the game in terms of world football and Champions League level, those are your best goalkeepers, those are your mm. most reliable ones.
0: Mm hmm. Cool. Jay, what about you? Who's the world-class goalkeepers for you in the world right now?
1: Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> the guys named some of them. So, Manuel Noyes is top of the tree for me. Um, he's the number one goalkeeper. In terms of what I'd want my goalkeeper, namely consistency um, and presence um, and leadership at the back. Manuel Noyes, Thibaut Courtois, put him in there as well. Um and I know Black has to be in there. I think he's got the best um, clean sheet record in the league's history. So I was watching him today against, um I think it was Espanyol and he, he pulled pulled off a couple of world class saves. And he, it's like he does it for fun. Um, um, and then what about I said, Thibaut Courtois, Courtois is in
2: there. He's at Courtois, yeah.
1: And then. <clears throat> I would put in Ter Stegen, although he hasn't had, you know, he's he's had a bit of an injury hit um, season or season and a half. Um, mm. So that's maybe an asterisk there. But when he's on form, I think he's one of the best in the world as well. And I think he takes, if not all, most of the boxes for what I would determine as a world-class goalkeeper. So, yeah, that's what I would
0: put. Okay, yeah. For me, I would say much of the names that's mentioned, I would take say Testagan as well. Um, but I'll probably widen it for me. I think um obviously Testagan, I would put Allison in there, definitely. Me personally, I would put Edison um in there. I'll put both Brazilian keepers in there. Um, I'm trying to think obviously of the ones that you guys haven't said, um I would put obviously Oblak in there. Um yeah, for me personally, now I would put Emmy Martinez. Um, as as one of those top keepers, world class keepers for me personally, after the year he had, and then what he did, obviously in, the, in on the international stage, I think for me, he's he's one of the top keepers, um, definitely in the world, um, and that's what it is. So T, I just want to kind of obviously revisit what you were saying. Like I think this is sometimes what happens in football, and there's there's two sides to it really. I feel like my point is that I feel like sometimes we're trying to squeeze people into limited slots when it comes to being a world-class player. And then obviously there's people that will probably might say, people say it's me, where you're trying to fill up the amount of world-class players there is. So obviously that then comes down to the criteria of what you class as a world-class player. Now for me, a world-class player for me personally is somebody that is performing at a level to where if you were to put them into any of the top teams in the world, they wouldn't look like a fish out of water. We know we've seen players that play good at a certain level. And then when you when they get their move to a big club, all of a sudden it's like it crumbles because they're not really that level of player. Do you know what I mean? You can see that sometimes with players, they've moved, they've made, they've, they've done well, they've got their big move and they've kind of fumbled it. For me, it's a player who I believe, just based on obviously your own criteria, but who I believe if they were to take a step up and play with the likes of the best in the world your Messi's, your ronaldo's your whatever they wouldn't look out a place there and for me obviously in terms of some it's for me it's not a thing where someone has to be able to fit into the hall like the hall of fame it's just a case of are they performing at a level where i believe they're capable of playing at that level and being cool and i think that's kind of the difference between our approaches to it is that you might be looking more at like longevity in terms of like number of years would that be fair to say
2: yeah yeah definitely and I think as well i i i just i think one of the points I like to call out is is I think the game's a little bit fragmented and it's a bit different now, like maybe I'm a bit of a romantic i'm 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 not sure that like, how to label it, but I think a lot of tactics and strategy now make players look better, and it's easier to then put them into that world class category um whereas before and when I say before, I suppose maybe before social media, before there was there was um, this switch within the game to to this kind of athlete um, emphasis. I think that's that's was, your boys,
0: by the way. That's that's your guys that that started
2: this. So, nah, nah, <laughs> not even. I'm having it. having it. But, um, <laughs> that's, but,
0: that's your guy. Do
2: you know what I mean? though? So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of system world class players. Do you know what I mean? Now, like I heard clock calling. Trent a world class right back. He's not a world class right back. You know what I mean? Like, because a right back is he, he's a defender. He's a he might be a world-class creator. Maybe there's a conversation around that, but he's not a world-class he's the best in the
1: world class.
2: The yeah, bruv. This is which is which <laughs> is why obviously that's obviously that's that's emotion. Let's let's that's that's another conversation, <laughs> but like but my point basically coming back to it is that I think there's a lot of systems that are that are entering this conversation of world-class ability or player or whatever whereas before the system wasn't as influential so then you you just had to have a pure technician who was who was just doing world-class things and it was so easy to to be able to look at that and say right yeah my man to your point mark like my man could just drop into any team and he's 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 a level above everybody and it's it's not a debate
0: so okay Um. if so but wouldn't you couldn't you say then even that sort of someone like you mentioned, Jan Oblak. couldn't you say that he might also benefit from how Atletico, their approach to football and how they play? Because they're not asking him to do what sort of some of these modern keepers are doing with the kicking, but obviously he's good at shot stopping, he's a big presence and whatever, but he's not having to kick that much and you know, his feet are not the best. So would you not say that he's also benefiting from, from how Atletico, because if he was to, for example, be playing... In a, in a pep team, how would he get on with the amount that he's gonna have to play sweeper?
2: I hear that. I, that's that's an interesting point. But then, how many shots do Man City concede? <clears throat> Man City are, are are pretty good at at um, fielding off attempts at their goal. They only let they only let in big chances. To to be fair, because of how they dominate the ball. So mm. I'll be confident that O'Black would would do would would do well there. Because...
0: What about the amount of possession, then? What about the amount of possession they're going to
2: have? Yeah, he, c- he can do that. Why not? Why not? You know what? I'd, I'd even
3: argue against that a little bit, only because the way Edison's utilised for City, he's basically another outfall player for them. So, naturally, the, the, the centre-backs and their defenders know that at the back of their mind. So, there's a there's a level of comfortability there. Whereas, if they're now on the ball... And then they're having to pass back to Oblak, who's probably not the best on the ball. And then you've got attackers now chasing down that guy. There's a sense of reluctance to pass the ball back. There isn't that comfortability there. And then obviously the range of kicking as well. So that might even affect that that side of things as well in terms of how the team then operates as as a unit or as a system, if you want to call it that way. So um, obviously we're we're not going to see Oblak play for City. Who knows? But you have to consider that as part of the argument as well. Yeah, uh, and the I, I
1: think you're yeah, I was just going to say, just on the pep one, we did have um, he did have a goalkeeper that did kick with his feet but couldn't do other goalkeeping parts. Well, which was Claudio Bravo, right? Uh, yeah, so presence dealing with you know set pieces and corners, um, and crossings and coming out, he couldn't really deal with it in the Premier League, but he was good with his feet, and that's why he was brought, he was brought into Man City. So I think that there just needs to—I think what everyone's trying to say is there needs to be a balance. If we're talking about goalkeepers, in particular, if we're talking about a world-class goalkeeper. There has to be balance. And uh, so, um, the reason why I wouldn't have put Edison in is because I'm not sure. Uh, although Edison's not as bad as Claudio Bravo, I say I'm not sure if Edison's a top actual goalkeeper um, when it comes to actual goalkeeping and what you need from a goalkeeper. But because like you guys are saying, with Man City, they, have present, um, they really, you know, have loads of shots against them. They'll you know, you know, create chances against them. Then you don't really see that. But when they do have those kind of situations, like they did against in the Champions League a couple of times, against Liverpool or Lyon, um, then we see, you know, he's not so good at the actual goalkeeping side of things. That's, that's what I think. Mm. So, so,
0: do you think, because I don't think it is, obviously T thinks it does, but I, I'll ask you, you, Kofi, and you, Jay, as well. Do you feel like the term world-class is thrown around too much?
3: <coughs> um, in, in, in the short term, short spells where players all of a sudden pick up a bit of form for about maybe a month or so, like over a spell of maybe like seven, seven, ten games, I feel like he does get banded quite a bit, you know. There are a few people last season that started beaming Jack Greenish as a world class player, as one of the best in the world. You know, I saw that in in chats and that, and <laughs> you know, that undoubtedly his talent is there. But to, to put him in that world class category right now as a as someone that dominates in his position, I wouldn't quite put him there just yet. You know, um, so it's difficult because. I know when I, was looking, when I was thinking about the term for world class um, yesterday in particular, I started thinking about people back in our day when we were, when we were obviously growing up and who we, who we lauded. So you've got the likes of Pirlo, you've got David Beckham. Now, the reason why I use these two in particular is because they, they, both of them have something in, both in common. Which is the lack of physical, the athlete attributes that you would normally associate with some of the players that we speak about now, like your Messi's, Ronaldo's, like that, that, the ones that can run at speed and the, with the ball and everything else. They don't have that. They never had that. But what they did have was an outrageous uh, spatial awareness on the ball and r- range of passing, which a lot of players found very, very hard to do. Which is why. They're called world class in their in their in in their own rights. And then even you speak about um, Trent Trent right now. I know that in terms of the traditional right back, the traditional right back who is obviously told to defend and obviously Marcus man one on one defending, being able to jockey properly and all the rest of it. I feel like he gets beat too easily. But for what he does going forward, and I know obviously that this is probably a, a wing back position, or whatever it is. But in terms of what he offers going forward from the position he starts from. Uh, There's no one else in world football that does what he does as well as he does. Nobody else. There is no one else. And that's undeniable. Do do you know what I mean? So in terms of what Klopp was speaking about, you you know, yeah, you probably say, yeah, he's probably used the term a bit too loosely, but you can't really argue against that point. So it's very subjective is what I'm trying to get at. It's very but do you,
0: but do you but do you think the term is overused? Like, do you think that I, in football we I, overuse I feel, the term yeah. or no?
3: I feel like we, we overuse it to a degree, but there is there is levels as well. Like I was speaking with Jay last week because there are some there are some men that you consider like legend, someone of legendary status, legendary class, as opposed to world class, just world class. Because then you know you could fit Messi and Ronaldo into that, but I I feel like they they supersede that now that level now so i feel like personally there's got to be a new category that's actually banded around because it, it now becomes like you said i think everyone tries to fit them all into this where every single good footballer is now then just world class
0: mm-hmm. you. jay what are you saying do you think that we overuse the term world class in football to describe players that might be just in good form
1: um yeah i'm i'm in i'm in the side of i think we overuse it. Um, I think the, the, the term world-class is, I think, largely subjective. And a lot of people, I mean, we can agree, like, for example, we're talking about Messi and Ronaldo, that those guys are elsewhere, like, compared to everyone else. But I feel like we have to draw some lines between, like you're saying, someone, or like Frank is, um, Kofi is saying, someone that's um, on form for 10, 15 games or f- even for a season. Um and completely soft say um someone who, consistency for me world class it has to be consistency if there's consistency in their performance and their impact on the team that they play for um then that's when we can start talking about world class um you know world class behavior but I do think um sometimes there are people who carry out world class actions, so you know. World class, a world class, or world class, or world class or whatever. They're not necessarily that complete package of what of what it means to be a world class player in that particular position. Um, so, I spoke to Kofi like this week, and I spoke actually I spoke to T as well um, about conversation I had with a couple of friends about Kieran Tierney, and you know they were saying that well Kieran Tierney is a world class player. Um, and this was an Arsenal <laughs> <was> and Arsenal- <laughs> Arsenal- <laughs> United fan, yeah. So, and, you know, that's fine. They, that's, it's, I'm not necessarily saying that they're wrong. It's subjective, in it? But for me, there's aspects of Teeny's game that are very, very good. Or you could say a world-class, like his crossing and his delivery. Um, but as a whole package, there's a left-back and what it means for me to be a left-back you have to defend as well as being able to attack. Um, and you, you have to do certain things that you expect a defender to do, like showing a man who, on the stronger foot, <laughs> you know, not showing him inside to allow him to, you know, create or take a shot at goal. Those basic things, if you're not doing it consistently, then I can't, you know, include you in a world-class um, bracket um, with someone, let's say, like, I don't know, like Alaba, when he was playing left-back, you wouldn't get that from him. So, yeah, I do think that we do throw it out there a bit more these days. Um, and we just need to probably just have a criteria of, okay, why are we saying that this person's, you know, world-class? And then we can see.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely. So, to round this section up, I'm just going to throw some players. And it's simple. It's a Yes. Or a no? There's no explanations going on here. It's a yes or a no. I'm gonna say some names and just tell me whether they're world class or not. And those that are watching, those that are listening, they can agree or disagree. It's up to them. So we're gonna go first. Harry Kane. I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, I'm not biased, Man. am I? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Cool. Okay.
0: Cool. 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 Son.
2: Yeah, world
3: class. Mm. Ah, come on, bro.
0: No explanations, game here. T yes or no? Is son yeah, world yeah. class? All
2: right. All right, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Sadio Mane, is he world class? I'm going to say no.
2: That's this is after the Leeds game. This is after the Leeds game. <laughs> ah, you see
0: you. This explaining thing. You're doing this explaining. It's yes this or is
1: after no. The Leeds
3: game, bro. My name right, going, now. Right? right now, my name,
1: is world my name is world class for
3: me, yeah. So, my name is world class for me. For me, so it is. is
1: one thing, yeah,
0: but it's class, okay. See, is he world class, yeah, man?
1: Come on,
0: remember, this is recorded. Is he world class? Come on, bro. Of course, okay. what kind of question yeah. is that? No problem, uh, we, we shall that. we shall revisit. Okay, cool. There's three more I'm names probably... I want to use, but what me? No, nah, he's yeah, not world he's, class. He's nah. not,
1: okay, he's not.
0: You
2: nah. See that shirt is, is it, that is it you're wearing, See
0: that shirt it's, it's you're, what? you're wearing. Yeah, influencing. It's you, these. I, wait, it's these eyes. It's these eyes. I'm telling you, I saw it. I saw what's happening now. But it's okay. We so we move. Cool, cool. I Is I it
2: quite
1: yeah. on form though? Huh? Are you basing it on form or in general? I think
0: life? I, th- I think it's I think it's a bit of form and ability because I I put certain players in that bracket that I don't think he can stand next to. That's all it is for me.
2: So what that, that that's you're taking so you're taking sun over money yeah every For day example. of the
0: week and twice on a sunday every day <laughs> cool
2: every oh. day sun is, wow. sun is clear
0: sun clear, is clear clear
3: clear clear money wow clear sun is Absolutely. clear
2: money what day is it Absolutely. today boys what day is it today boys 12th of september cool 12th, 12th of september, september. yeah
0: yeah, he's clear anyway. Listen, we're rounding up this, this segment, so we're, 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 we're continuing on. There's a few more names. Just I just want to show how sometimes it's difficult, and obviously, there's just differences of opinion. So, nah, is Andy Robertson world class?
3: For me, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Is. yeah,
0: Jay, come on, say with sure your you know. chest.
1: I'm not sure, you know, It's no
0: explanations, it's yes or no. I'm not
1: sure if, he, I'm not sure if he's a great defender. Wouldn't he stick it on him? So, so what's your verdict? <laughs> I don't know. Um, just maybe, maybe, but I'm not sure if he's a great defender. Jay,
2: Jay wants to say no, you know.
1: Well, he's because cons- the thing is, yeah, so just quickly, like Robinson is he's consistent, he's ever present, he's got the fitness, um, he's got good technical abilities. But one on one with some of the best attackers we've seen him, he's been spun a little bit. We've seen him against. Um Man City a couple of times. He's been, really, you know, but yeah, just, just.
0: So I'm I'm gonna say yes, just for the amount of assists that this guy gets. But if I was doing it purely on my defending, absolutely yeah. not, absolutely not. No way. I can't have someone as rash as that. Is him and Tierney have the same thing where it's like they're too <laughs> they're too eager to just nick the ball too quickly, and it's like when you play against better guys it's it's just not that's just not going to work it's not going to work it'll work against people who don't like you being physical but for me yeah but the amount of assists, the amount of attacking contributions and the way he gets up and down okay I might, I might have to give him do you know what I mean but cool alright the final name the final name is very simple and it will lead us into what we're going to do next Obama Yang is Obama Yang world class yes or no there's no explanations straight oh.
3: Right, oh. right. Now, I'm going to say no. I'm not.
0: I'm not going to lie to oh. you. Oh. I'm going to say Abamyang is not world class. Oh. Abamyang's top class, but not world class. Yeah, I
1: agree.
2: Agreed.
0: Top. He's top class, but not world class. <laughs> cool. So we we've had our say. If you if you feel like you disagree, if you feel like um you know some of these players we put them in the wrong bracket, comment at us on Instagram. At Let's the have, it out. Supplement. I hope Let's have
1: it out. me and for but <laughs> 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 <It's a, laughs>
0: that's that's a that's a big shout, you know. That's a big shout, but obviously he's top, he's top you know, class, but world class. He's top class. Oh,
1: anyway, that's it. World so talking sporer. about
0: talking about things that arguably were world class, were top class, but now we're not sure.
1: Mm.
0: It leads us nicely into our next segment. What the hell is happening (laughs) at Arsenal? What is going on at Arsenal? This could be a whole show. Hey, let me see my water,
1: bro. Let
0: me take a water, bro. (laughs) 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 This one,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, you're not doing pep, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Nobody
2: talk. (laughs) How
0: long have we got?
2: How how long have we got?
0: (laughs) All right. So I kind of want to shape this discussion because obviously this could go in so many different directions, but I want to break it down into sections, yeah? In terms of the transfer business, let's just do piece by piece. Transfer business that Arsenal have done. Jay, you're an Arsenal fan. What is wrong with the way that Arsenal are signing players right now?
1: Um, Yeah, it's not even um just the signing, it's even the selling, we can't even sell players. Um. That's even worse. Um assigning players, you've got um this season, if we take if you take this season, you've got Mikel and you've got um Edu who are they're in charge of those things, that side of things. Um and it's quite clear that um Arsenal are buying are trying to get in, you know, players that fit within the system that Arteta um Whatever system wants to play, he wants the um, he wants these these type of players. Um, the problem is, oh, there's loads of problems, but one of the problems is, um, <laughs> for me, is the first thing is is you know we went for us we went for a centre back, we went for Ben White, and you watch Ben White last season with Brighton, he had a good season, um, but when you pay fifty million for a centre back. Um, you want someone that's gonna, for me anyway, he's gonna come in there, no problems, he's gonna potentially be the defensive leader in the team, um, and gonna be relied upon, potentially world class, like what we've been talking about. 50 million for Arsenal is, um, is a lot of money. Um, so with the defenders that are available on the market, I-, I personally wouldn't have gone for Ben White, or if I would have, I wouldn't have. Paid over the odds, Um, so it seems like yeah, it's not it's it's not a case of anymore saying that Arsenal don't spend the money because that's what's been lauded at Arsenal over the last few um, years or even last decade. Um, But the kind of signings that Arsenal are making, you know, I've spoken about Ben White, but we look at you know Willian, um, we're going free, I think, but. You know what, we paid you know in terms of wages, he might as well have done a you know a transfer as well. There, trans paid Chelsea some money as well to take them off their hands. David Luiz um, he's a personal favorite of mine, I like him, but even Pepe, question marks about the fee. Um,
2: wow, yeah. I'm shocked at that one. Let him yeah. go, let him go because, <laughs>
1: because, because no, it's, it's right. Because I love Pepe and I think that he's being misused but I think T, you'll know that, that I, I'm not I'm not on the big spending I think you know 72 mil We have got to be honest and say that when you come in for that amount of money you've got to be world class I mean how many guys in the world are more expensive than that you've got to be mm. ready to come in and, and do whatever now I do think that with Pepe he's not being played to his strengths there's aspects there that I'm out of um, his hands when he came in as well he came in with you know Unai, there, and then, and there was all this turmoil, and then he left, and Arteta came in, and there's other little bits and pieces, but ultimately, it's a bit haphazard. Um, the player going, um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure um, Edu and Arteta themselves are quite clear on what they want to do. I don't, mm. you know. I think that they they recognise that. Want to build for the long term, the medium term and long term, but also trying to get guys in that are going to try and push them along right now. And I think that's why they went for guys like David Louise and William because they got praying experience and experience of winning things. But ultimately, you've got to look at the guys that also under and their time at Chelsea, for example, what enabled them to do well? At what age were they when they were doing well? And what age are they coming mm. to us. So I could go on and on and but well, yeah, it's haphazard um transfer fit, from outside, anyway.
0: Mm, from them doing it, but so so it's because for me, it's like with Arsenal, they spent over a hundred mil, and really the st- starting lineup looks pretty much the same as it was last year because you had older guard in the team last year. Um the team hasn't really changed that much, and you if Arsenal spent money. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like that's that's the thing. It does there doesn't seem to be like a clear transfer strategy on what they're doing. You don't know whether Arsenal are signing players to fit the system or whether they're looking at the system and going, okay, do you know what I mean? Or whether it's the other way around. You don't know which one it is. Because yeah. um, you know, when you when you look at it, you know, buy it's all good buying Lokonga, it's all good buying Partey, it's all good having a Aub- and Lacazette and whatever. It seems like they buy one, 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 but they never really Go. we've got a problem in this position, let's plug that gap. We've got a problem in this position, let's plug that gap.
1: And, and I don't think Arsenal have thought along the lines of, let's build out our spine, right? Our spine, this is what we want um, as a team, this is how we want to play. Let's build out our spine um, and then we fill out everything from there. So, um, like you said, we've we've got Lokonga last year, we got Thomas... Um, yeah, I mean I think we've still that, got uh, a n El Neni, right? El Nenny's still about. Is he still about or is he gone? He's still about, yeah. We no we tried to sell him to Galatasaray last minute, but they they didn't have that. But um <laughs> the selling the selling part is 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 a complete joke. I mean we can't we, we're giving players away. I think another aspect that's you know not good for Arsenal is that over the last let's say five or six seasons you've had you know um Ralph come in. He's been like in charge of the football operations and he's done his things more so agents, um, George Mendes and um, Kia Jabrochin can't pronounce his surname, Jabrochin. But... Yeah, Jabrochin. Yeah, um, and he's been more of that. Ilk. Let me get these players through the agents and the contacts that I've had and build out the team and just put what we think are you know good players and winners and put them together and let's make it work. Um, and then you've had um. Before that, you had like, um, I forgot his name, T, T, you know his name, but Diamond Eye, the guy that's at Stuttgart now. Sven. Sven, yeah. Um, He, when he, when under him, when he was there, he was bringing in, you know, young talent that that could grow into players that, um, that will benefit the side, like Gwen and the Greek lads, um, and I think he was there as well when they brought in Obamyan and Lacazette. So it's just, it's just like I was saying, it's just been a mishmash. And there's no mm. clear, you know, this is what we're doing. Let's build our spine, our two defenders, our midfield and the forward line. Let's get the best out of the team that we've got as well and then go forward. It's, oh. it's all mishmash. Mm.
0: So there's a lack of clarity really on where they're going with the transfer business. Kofi, I will come to you. Um, Arteta's tactics—it's like every single week, it's like a different start eleven every single week. It's like does it is it a back three? Is it a back two? Who's in the midfield? You know, are they going long? Are they going short? You know, and there seems to be some. There seems to be some repetitive stuff going on. Mm-hmm can you see a clear way that arteta wants to play football at arsenal and if that if you can see it what does it look like he wants to do in your um, opinion
3: I, I can see it doesn't mean it's good um, <laughs> yeah that's what i mean so so what, what do you see <laughs> so essentially um, we all we I mean we've all discussed prior um you know in the last like year and year and a bit or so that he seems to want to overload on the left hand side a lot. Um Kirantini seems to be his his main weapon. Unfortunately kirantini um happens to have a really bad bad and poor injury record. Um it, even in spite of that anyway, I, I just think it's quite um to to put it mildly, foolish of him to continue going down that way, especially if we as fans and as spectators know what's coming. Your opposition, your opposition knows what's coming, and if you're not changing and you're sticking to it, then I'm sorry, you're going to fall into the same trap over and over again. So whether they play with a back three or play with a play with a four at the back, the the double pivot in midfield, it, it doesn't operate properly because you've got whether it be Shaka or Thomas, somehow down the line one of them actually drops into the centre centre back position, and then they split. <laughs> And then before you know it, there's a whole big gap in the central midfield that people just seem to be able to run through. And before you know it, you've got red arrows constantly chasing back. And the reason why I recognise this is because <laughs> I know this happened at Chelsea under Mourinho, mm. um, you know, just before he got sacked. When when you see players constantly running backwards like this, and then you see um, disorganised shape and all the rest of it, it s- smells of big, big problems. Big problems. And... For, for now, him st- choosing to stick to that, stick to his guns at the moment and just rely on the individuals kind of just bailing him out, it just seems to be nonsense. Um, you saw Saul, for example, yesterday, you, you know, during his debut, had a, had a mare of a f- 45 minutes. Um, but not being able to play in that double f- pivot it was, was, was the issue. So hooking him off needed to be done because... Who knows this guy needs time to be able to learn this way of playing because we're just not solid. With him in right now, there are too many gaps, so it's just not solid. And with Arteta at this moment in time, for him to have been in the job for how long? How long has he been in the job, lads? Like what, two years? Would this be is this yeah, is this
0: his not? second or third
3: season? Second or full
1: season. Second full season. In the full yeah. season now, this is his second full season, I think. But it?
3: second full season now. Yeah. For the mere fact that we're we're still talking about the way Arsenal are playing is even a big issue, because I'm sure with the players that he's had, and Mark, he touched on it, they've pretty much got the same squad. The same players are still there. The players that they've been looking to looking to get rid of, well, they've got rid of Sam, but the majority of them are still there, and they're still not getting it. So what's going on?
1: Oh, you know what I mean. Uh, you touched on it with the Shaka and Thomas thing. Are we also are is are Tetan and Edu? We've got Thomas. We've got Shaka. You know. No, know, we all we all watch we all watch Arsenal, and we know Shaka's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, we know that his weaknesses are like his concentration, also his immobility as well. You we can't. We can't. We can't. You know, I I, seem, I find it difficult to look at that and then, you know, place him in a midfield two with someone like Thomas, and then you've. You haven't got the necessary tools to be able to, you know, not just defend as well because Kofi touched on the defending, but also to help with attack as well. Um, mm, yeah. Problems we have now is also the you know in the final third how they create chances and how and um, yeah, I think if you're watching if you're watching Thomas and, um, and for example Shaka's immobility. Having a hindrance on the team in the transfer window, what you should be looking for is some someone to come in, come in and you move Shakur on. You say, Okay, whatever, I like you, whatever, great server, but we're moving in this direction because this is how it is in the league. The league is more physical, you need to be, fast, you need to be able to be mobile um, to not address that in the two, you know, the couple of windows that he's had, as well as, you know, other places and. And it, let's not even talk about transfers. He awarded him a new contract, right? He's awarded mm. him a new contract. I know there's reasons behind that, like keeping his you know, his value whatever. But, but I mean, we've struggled to sell players. So if we've now added to his value, what makes you think that we can, um, we couldn't sell him in the summer. So now how are we going to sell him for a higher price? Yeah
3: i want to tell you now, no one's buying him for higher than what you what you might getting offered for. Nobody's buying him. Unfortunately. <laughs> his, I'm so sorry. His, his, I'm so
1: sorry. Yeah, his I think his Shaka would probably work more in the work better in a slower league. Um that slower league, like let's say Syria, they, <laughs> they don't have trip. money.
3: <laughs>
1: so Roma offered what they offered. Well, I mean it's just things like this that I think that those that are in charge, Mikel and and Edu, now, um, what are they? What's you know, what's going through the head? What are they mm. trying to do? Mm. T, T, just on
0: because Kofi hit a point as well, talking about the midfielders co- constantly getting left in the lurch because the defense they split, one of the midfielders drops in, and more often than not, he's going to receive a pass with his back to the opposition. And we've seen it already, it doesn't matter who they put in there, the person's not comfortable receiving that ball from the goalkeeper. When the defense is split, and then the other team start pressing high, what do you, what do you, what do you think about that approach to football? Do you like it in general? Do you like that style of football in general, where you kind of build this slow build up and you're kind of sucking them in and countering them and stuff? Is that is that is that something that you 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 particularly like, or you think that it's not a good system, or have Arsenal just not got the players to do it?
2: Yeah, exactly that. I think that it's that last point, bro. I think it all comes down to. Whether you have the tools to exploit that situation, so if you are going to invite pressure on, then you need to make sure that you have the players in your in your in your repertoire to be able to deal with the press, and then also to be to have a clear strategy in how to unleash the players. And for example, if if the left hand side isn't working, if the overload as Kofi mentioned isn't working, what's happening to the right hand side? Why is it so lopsided? It's like left side or bust. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um I just think to myself, looking at that situation, if it's not working and you don't and you don't see your players with the skill set to be able to deal with that, and we've seen it so many times. How many, countless times we see sides literally targeting Arsenal in that in that position, waiting to pounce, the press waiting, and you still not addressed it, it's it's really alarming because you gotta ask questions about what the what the analysts are doing then what's what 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 are the team meetings about like when you're when you're looking at how you're conceding goals so for me it's all about if if there's if there's a if there's a consistent error and there's an issue in how you're conceding goals address it um don't keep doing the same thing because because then you're just throwing your players under the bus and it 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 just makes no sense everybody looks stupid,
0: yeah, and sometimes it's some you know another thing an observation of mine with Arsenal sometimes is that like you said the' left side heavy and sometimes. T his starting position doesn't help him. It doesn't help him to defend because all of a sudden he's chasing back and then he gets on, on off balance and then all of a sudden he's in he's off balance in a one on one with a player and it's just very it's it's more it puts more pressure on him. Do you know what I mean? And n- none of the obviously the midfielders are coming across and sometimes I see Arsenal. Yeah, they're looking compact, but it's still easy to pass around them because they're not pressing. They're not pressing collectively. They're not squeezing the pitch. They're not making it difficult. And it just seems like teams can just win the ball off Arsenal, turn over possession, in on the back four. And it's like, if they could cut out and mix up just a little bit, if they could mix up some of these, um, some of these plays to where as soon as the goalkeeper gets it, it might look for a diagonal into one of the wide men. It might look for, you know, to play one over the top on a quick one because Arsenal have got quick players up there. Do you know what I mean? Um, and obviously now we're talking about up up, up there, you know, might as well talk about this um, Aubameyang-Lacazette conundrum, you know, up top. Jay, what, what what's the solution for that? What, what do you do with Aubameyang and Lacazette not performing well, not scoring the goals, more so Lacazette than Aubameyang, but, you know, what do you do about that?
1: I think um we play to you play to their strengths. Whoever plays, you just play to their strengths. I think there's countless times I've watched Arsenal when Aubameyang's playing. Um we know that he's he's got pace and he's he wants to make runs in um behind the defence and we don't release it quick enough. The objective is, like you guys have pointed out, is to get it out to the left. Continue to whip it in. Um or we hold on to the ball and the, the build-up is slow, passing is slow, and that kind of way of playing doesn't suit Aubameyang. Um, with Lacazette, we have Lacazette dropping down deep when he plays deep, 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 deep into midfield. Sometimes um, we've seen actually Oteta playing as a as a um, as a ten at times as well. I think against Spurs last season, we lost to them. Um, Lacazette was playing behind, you know, the main striker. Um, and we're just constantly not playing playing to their strengths. You want Lacazette in the box. He's got a short back lift. You want to just get the ball to him and let him smash it in the goal. It's you know. Um and we could we could open this out to Pepe Martinelli as well. Martinelli, Unai Emra, I didn't like him as a coach, but Unai Emery got the best out of Martinez. We haven't seen the best of him since, since Unai Emery left. Um, and again, we've got two players with pace who are undeniably good on the transition, very direct, play to their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, play to their strengths. So I feel like the first thing to do for us to know if these guys are really done or not um, is to play to their strengths. Unfortunately, Lacazette's... F- I think 30 now, if he's not 30, he's going to be 30 and he's one year left on his contract. So he's definitely going, um, he's decided not to sign a contract. contract. Um, obomian has got, I think, two years left um, and he's in his 30s as well. So I don't know, but I just think that the best thing to do is these guys have got different skill sets. They're different things that they're good at. They're not, we talked about world-class players. They're not world-class strikers um, that can help you in, in any shape, way, shape or form but we know their clear strengths. I um, want purposely, for me, not playing to their strengths. So it's really about square square shapes and square holes. Um, mm.
0: Mm. I think you, you hit the nail on the head, obviously, and you rounded up nicely. With Arsenal, it just seems like they're they're, they're they're not doing the obvious thing that you should do. And obviously some of this ingenuity is obviously not working. So, you know... Well, sorry, sorry, Jay, man. We, we had to, we had to wheel it back to cover it, but
1: <laughs> I <I'm just, laughs> had to I'm wheel not... it back from last week. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. It's just frustrating for me as a fan. Um, I mean, Arsenal fans have got, everyone's got their different views. A lot of people say, oh, the players and whatever. But my thing is that, all right, cool. The players are not, they're not good enough to, the collective is not good enough to win the title. And that's fine because winning the title is mega, mega Very hard. hard yeah, it's mega hard. Um. And it was a lot over and over again, and the best and whatever. But I don't think the team is operating at its best with the abilities that some of the players have. And I just feel like Arteta shoehorning these players into playing a way that doesn't suit the majority, um, and then blaming the players for not being able to, you know, play that way. Basically, um, and that's frustrating because, like I said, I think the team. We played a transition, transitional-based type um, thing. And like you said, the goalkeeper, just get out there quickly as soon as possible. You see someone free, get out there, hit the other team um, on the transition example.
0: Especially, yeah, especially when you'll be impressed. It's like, yeah. you've got players with pace. Martinelli wants to run on to things. Pepe wants to run on to things. Aubameyang wants to run on to things. Saka yeah. likes running on to the passes and, run. you know, it's, it's obvious that that seems to be, like, if you gave that team to somebody else, Arsenal will be catching and countering everybody in the league. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think they'd be, they'd be doing better than they are now. I mean, we just got to, get to them. but, um, even yesterday, um, September 11th against Norwich, it was parts of the game that Arsenal struggling, struggling to control the game. Norwich, if they had better players, probably would have scored a goal. Um, I saw a lot of Arsenal fans happy. I think they're just happy that we've got, <laughs> we've got points on the board and we've got a goal. But, um, <laughs> it was still, st- still the same stuff. So, yeah, anyway, I'll stop there. <laughs>
0: so, quick, so, so to round this up, yeah, to round this up, I'm just going to ask a simple question. Is this a yes, no? Is Arteta going to be in charge of Arsenal in January 2022? I say,
2: no. I'll
0: say yes. I say yes. I don't think so. Say I, say no, say yes. I say
2: yes. I say force... yes. <laughs> Jay,
0: you got to find the word.
1: I think you will be in charge. I think um, the other aspect of this, I've done another one. The other aspect of this is the ownership. The ownership, obviously not putting enough pressure on. They've given money to him, but they're not putting pressure and saying, results, results, results. Um, and I think the ownership have bought into him um, quite a bit, and they'll literally wait until it's severely untenable before a thing. So, yeah, it depends on results, basically, and what the Arsenal fans do, but if, if not, then yeah, we will be there. I think you will be there. Yeah. Cool. Wow. cool.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So now we're moving on to the hotly anticipated part of um of this podcast today. Um, we were having discussions. We've been having debates down the years about Premier League players, who's, you know, the best Premier League players and whatever in each position. And obviously, I asked the guys. I asked them to pick their Premier League eleven. Again, this is based on opinions. So if you don't like the opinions, that's your business, like I said. <laughs> so um, obviously, we've got our Premier League 11s. We'll talk about it briefly and why we chose those players. Um, you might notice some bias in some of the choices, but, you know, just get at tea if you need to because of that. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so we're going to go through our um, Premier League 11s. And then we're going to try, try, like I said, and be amicable. And um, we're going to try and come to a consensus 11 in the Premier League. So I'll go first just because obviously I'm here and I want to get in and get out with this one. So let me just share my screen. Obviously, for those listening, you're just going to have to hear this if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So let me share my screen now. Let's get this up now. Cool, everyone can see that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so my team I've gone for Peter Schmeichel in goal. Um, Peter Schmeichel, you know, the amount of Premier Leagues that he won in the time that he was in the Premier League, the amount of titles that he won, the amount of big games. I can't forget 99 as well, treble winning keeper. You know, for me, he is it's a no brainer for me, he has to be in there. Um you know, if I if I was to choose a goalkeeper to save a last minute shot in the most important game of the season, it's this guy doing the starfish <laughs> doing the starfish diving. That's gonna be the one that I want to um play. Um my centre back pairing, I don't know, and we'll see, but I don't know how you can not have these two players. But I'll let Jay explain that when he comes to his <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know how you can't have these two. For me, Real Ferdinand, you know, and John Terry, that's that's the best defensive partnership that England that I've seen personally England produce. Those two, they're too good. Real Ferdinand himself, the amount of Premier League titles, I think I've wrote it down like between the two of them. Uh, let me just get this uh so. Between the two of them, yeah, John Terry, five Premier League titles, five FA Cups, one Champions League, 17, you know, active Premier League seasons. uh, Real Ferdinand, six Premier League titles, one Champions League, 12 years in the um, Premier League with Manchester United, you know, playing in the Premier League since 1996, you know. And even just, that's just accolades, but if you talk about just qualities, John Terry, what a leader, what a captain, you know, just a fantastic player. Um, just all-round, all-round big game player, you know. Um, Real Ferdinand at, with the ball at his feet, silky. But I think a lot of the th- the, the things that people praise Van Dyke for now, Real Ferdinand was doing it 10, 15 years ago, making strikers look stupid. He was constantly reading, reading the game, seeing where the danger was, staying on his feet and then just skipping off with the ball and starting the attacks. So for me, Real Ferdinand's in there. Um, left back, I've gone for Patrice Evra because for me, obviously, I'm United. So I'm going to pick, you know, the guy that I've probably watched the most. I've watched Ashley Cole a lot, but I feel like for me, attacking wise, I prefer to have Patrice Evra. Um, defensively, he was decent as well. But I think the amount that he he um contributed to the team in terms of just being able to, move the combination moves and attack for me is Patrice Evra. Um, and obviously, like I said, five Premier League titles, again, you can't, you can't argue with him. Right back, I've gone for um For me, the most pure right back that I ever really saw in terms of defending Yeah, the guy was too cold. It's not easy to get on the wrong side of this guy. He marks the space really well, he closes down the angles really well. I know that now, obviously, he's playing like in a sort of right center back position. But the reason why that even works now for Chelsea is because he's comfortable defending wide very, very comfortable defending wide. So if he's playing right of a three, he's basically still playing right back, especially if they let the the, the right wing back bump forward. Then cool, we're going to the midfield for me. Paul Scholes, the best center mid that in the Premier League era, for me anyway, just pure centre-mid. This guy could turn and just find players easy, one-touch, two-touch football. Um, Again, 19 seasons in the Premier League, 11 Premier League titles. For me, the most technically gifted centre-mid that we've had in the Premier League. Yaya Toure, again, in there. Um, For me, for the year 2013-14, this guy scored, um, and I wrote it down, 20 Premier League goals in one season from midfield. You know, he was playing sometimes number 10, sometimes in midfield, but he scored 20 league, 20 league goals. And for me, in terms of being able to do both, to sit in a DM position, this guy's played centre-back in his career, this guy's played number 10, you could probably play him inside forward, do you know what I mean, On on a Pogba vibe and he'll and, he, and he'll give it a go. So I think yeah, yeah it And then for me, Frank Lampard, Chelsea's all-time um goal scorer from midfield, the guy is just he's too good. And I feel like um, you know, we'll get into who I didn't put in there and why later, obviously. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's Frank Lampard for me. Obviously, the front three. Two of them just picked themselves. Thierry Henry, I don't need to keep, I don't need to explain why this guy was cold. I could have picked Ruud van Nistrooy, but I wanted to be honest and um, say a player who I think was the most complete. And I think for me, Thierry Henry was probably, is probably the most complete. Ronaldo, let less said about that, the better. And for me, I had to put David Silver in there because I was was trying to fit him into my midfield, but I had to fit David Silver in there. The guy's so technically gifted, yeah. His appreciation of space, his appreciation of where he is on the pitch. He does a lot of the things that kind of go unseen. Um, and you know, just a quality player. So for me, I would say David Silver on the left hand side. So that's my team back to front. So who we got
2: next here? I just want to add in there. I just want to add in that um you you said that there's no bias, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me let Very
0: me just little. say
2: that. Let me just say that. Let me just say that. That's that's
0: yeah. what i gonna say. Yeah. Cool. All right then. Let's let's go. Like, who have I got next on here? Uh cool. Let's get this up now. So if you if you know it's your team, yeah, start speaking. Cool. Let's get this up.
3: Yeah, that's mine still. Definitely mine. Right. So obviously went for a 4 3 formation. I think we've all gone for a 4 3 3, right? Have yeah. yeah, we? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I've got Peter Michael in goal. I mean, I don't need to get. I don't need to get into too much of that. I know Mark, you've introduced the players. You know, brilliantly. But I mean, Peter Michael. I mean, as you as you said, I mean, he speaks for himself. It um, speaks for he speaks for himself. Um, the starfish, um, you know, saves. You know, it's so synonymous with him being the beast of a goalkeeper that he was and for the years, for the, especially during the early years that he um, had at United as well, whilst you guys were just collecting Premier League titles, even, you know, the likes of Newcastle, trying to battle it out and, you know, and everything else. You just look at the saves that he's obviously made during that time. Um, and influence as well, the pure influence that he's had on the defensive backline back then was just, you know, it's just undoubted. I mean, I could have possibly picked Petr Cech, if I'm going to be honest with you. But I had to be honest, um, and I just went for Peter Michael uh, a goalkeeper. Um, I want to start from right back. Now, I picked Pablo Sabaleta. And the reason why I picked Pablo Sabaleta and not Aspilicueta, because I thought about Aspie as well. We signed Aspie in 2012 after the Champions League win as a right back. But that's funny enough not where he where he made his name. Um. Play, the, he, him actually performing in in the positions that he did in the Chelsea squad was actually at left back, where we won, you know, the Premier League titles that we won, and then under Conte, he was playing in that same position he's playing in now, the right side of centre back position, where he played so well. So for the majority of his career at Chelsea, he hasn't actually played as an out and out right back. Branislav Ivanovic was our guy originally. Um, so that's why I couldn't put him in and I put Pablo Sabaleta in. Um probably one of the most tenacious um or one on one defenders that we've had in the league. Um I pretty I think he's pretty understated uh, a lot of the time during this conversation. And when I thought about him, I just thought, you know what, I couldn't fit Vincent Company in. You'll see, you'll know why. But I mean for in terms of right backs, I mean, yeah, I just yeah, I just had to go with him. Um so centre backs I've got Rio Ferdinand and John Terry. Again, I mean <laughs> I mean, the the choices were endless. I mean, in terms of centre back, in terms of centre back parents, but these two, in particular, in their own rights, were the best in in their teams in in a very long era, Premier League era. Within that, within that space of time, you know, John Terry coming in, um, I I can remember him coming in, displacing and partnering, um, you know, Marcel Desailly, you know, from the two thousand two season. I think it's you know as an out and out starter, um, you know, the season that Frank Lampard joined as well. And just watching him grow against someone that wasn't the most mobile players or anything like that. But, he, you know, be, his reading of the game, being as sound as it was, was so good. And then him having... This guy was actually ambidextrous, you know. He actually had a left peg on him. He was a right-footed player that had a left peg on him. He used to switch the ball out a lot. So, I mean, for him, I admired him as a player. Um, and then obviously, Rio Ferdinand, again, probably one of the most... Not not technically gifted a say, but in terms of the, one of the most smoothest, calmest centre backs of the Premier League, Premier League era, had to obviously put them in, put him in, and obviously everything that they've both won as well had to take that into account. Ashley Cole at left back. Um, I don't think. I mean, this is this is obviously we can argue this, but I mean, at Arsenal he was considered one of the best attacking right backs in the world. At Arsenal, um, at Chelsea when we signed him he then became one of the best left-backs in the world in terms of the, defenses, in terms of the defensive phase. Um, predominantly, you saw uh, the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, who's obviously in my team, um, You know, attacking him a lot of the time. I mean, they used to have their own individuals, individual battles at club and international level. And just seeing how he used to cope with him, it's just testament to him. And obviously, Ronaldo's gone on record to always say that his toughest opponent was him as well. So I could not leave him out. Um Paul Scholes, Patrick Vieira, um, Steven Gerrard as my free midfield. Paul Scholes, I mean, he speaks for himself. Um again, Mark, like you said, probably the most technically gifted English eh, English midfielder um, of the Premier Guerra, in my opinion. Um Patrick Vieira, absolute stalwart, um leader. Defensively, um absolute beast, but also an attacking in the attacking phase as well. Um You talk about Yaya Touré's season, and I, I and you know I can't I can't even deny that Yaya Touré was wasn't a choice of mine as well. But I couldn't just I couldn't put him in because Yaya Touré had that had his spell was quite small in in that way he was really at the top of his game. But Patrick Vieira, you know, from '97 when he came in up until he left in 2005, I think. um you know, absolute, absolute legend in the Premier League and then obviously Steven Gerrard. Well, I'm a Chelsea fan and I'm not going to lie to you, I always did prefer Steven Gerrard as an all-round footballer to Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard was an absolute goal machine um, from midfield but in terms of my own preference of what I'd want in a midfielder, um, both attacking, defending and pure uh, influence on the team, Steven Gerrard just uh, I mean I don't really have the words to really put in, but even just the stuff that he did outside of the Premier League in terms of the Champions League and everything else, like FA Cup, the FA Cup against what against West Ham at Cardiff, just just these I know we're talking about moments here, but he did it over a sustained period of time and I just couldn't leave him out. I couldn't do it. And then front 3 who we've gone for three actual forwards, so no wingers. Um well, Ronaldo, you can probably conclude him as a winger, but yeah, so i have got Ronaldo, Alan Shearer, and then Thierry Henry. Um, Ronaldo, again, don't need to say too much on him. Thierry Henry, again, and it's the best Premier League, Well, actually, out for the debate, but in my personal opinion, best ever Premier League um, player of all time, um, as of today, anyway. And then um, Alan Shearer, um, currently the record holder for the most Premier League goals scored. So... Um, Yeah, that was my team.
0: Cool, 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 cool. So, next up, explain yourself, Jay. Please explain yourself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I'll tell you what,
1: yeah. Um, each of these pictures, as well, has a you might not be able to see it, but they have a little.
0: I saw, I saw, I saw what you You
1: did. (laughs) you got Peter Schmeichel um, Kofi and Mark you mentioned him already so um, there's not too much I can add on you guys' explanations he's just I mean I did think of obviously David Seaman uh, being an Arsenal fan David Seaman was a great goalkeeper but even then at his point I always remember thinking Schmeichel's just just that bit better than him you know just that bit more assured a bit more presence um you know, uh, I, I couldn't leave out Schmeichel and um some of the things that he's done for United. Uh, so I'll put him in there in the picture, are shaking hands with David Seaman? So, you know, that's the connection there to Arsenal. Awesome. Um then I've got Ashley Cole again. Um I think Kofi put it quite rightly, he you know, a lot of um quite a few attacking players I mentioned him as some like one of the hardest works. Um, Defenders that they played against, um, part of the the, the Invincibles. Um, he was great going forward. Um, learned a lot from Nigel Nigel Winterburn as well. Um, and then when he made he made the crossover in London to Chelsea. He, he, I have to say he he got better. He became a more rounded player um, defensively. Um, and yeah, one knows the things obviously with Chelsea as well. Um, one of the best left backs I think, you know, in the world. Um, that the world has seen. Right. So <laughs> I'll come to the centre back partnership because I know this is what um what Mark wants to say what everyone wants to hear. Um so I've gone for Virgil. I know it might seem a bit premature um to put Virgil in. But when I when I was thinking of centre backs, there's loads to choose from. There's obviously the obvious of um John Terry, Rio. Even Vidic, um, I even thought of Steve Bruce, Palastar, all these guys. Yep, Stam as well. Um, a lot of guys there that are, are legends. Stam
2: is and... mad. Sorry, bro. Stam was mad. <laughs> he was <laughs> mad. If,
1: if Stam was originally who I was about to put. But with Virgil, yeah, it, you know, one thing sticks out in my head. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. When um, I think it was Holland, was it Holland versus France? Um, and yeah, I know what you're talking about, bro. And, and he and he came up one on one with Mbappe. Um and the way he he dealt with that situation there. I know this is very minuscule when talking about Premier League and you know, ever, but that in a snapshot just you know does it for me like in terms of the calmness that he has, um the physicality, knowing when to apply, you know like, you know, physicality and knowing when to, you know, just be in the right place. He has it all. Um, Defensive leader as well for Liverpool. I actually think, T might not like this, but I actually think that in that season where, or the couple of seasons where, you know, they won the Champions League and they won the Premier League, if he wasn't there, I think it would have been actually quite bloody for Liverpool um, in terms of... um, in terms of the defensive side of things, I just think that he he makes he, he makes the backline tick when he's there. He gives calm and presence. Um, also, I think that even his his technical abilities and his passing and whatnot is is up there with some of the best that we've seen. Now, obviously, I understand he's you know he's not played for a long time. He's not won as many you know Premier Leagues or FA Cups as um, some of the other guys that we we like mentioned. I think that in my team, if I have if I have Virgil, then I'm totally calm. Totally, totally calm as a as a manager. I'm totally confident that he can deal with any situation and any type of player. And doesn't necessarily need a system to, to, to aid him. So that's why I went for Virgil. Just gotta just going to have it. And Sol, he's a legend. Oh sorry, the picture of Virgil is picture with Pepe. So that's the connection there with Arsenal with Sol um Souls a legend for you know correcting his mistake and moving to the to the best team in North London. The <laughs> the team. So, so that's Soul Campbell for those there. watching. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> you can uh, you can see the picture. It's um it's a picture of him and benga Um, and he's got the a famous face at the press conference. Um, but no, Soul. Um, in terms of recovery possession, um, recoveries. Um, he was bullish. Very, very fast for a big man. Um, he formed uh, excellent partnership with Colo Torre. Um, and yeah, I think that also not just with Arsenal, but winning titles with... I think he won a trophy. I can't remember what trophy it was, but he won a trophy with Spurs. Um, he won a trophy with... Well. Um, um, so, but yeah, in terms of like his attributes, again, just I don't know if I put these two together... Um, they would be absolutely unbreakable. Um, so, um, and then right back we have Lee Dixon. Um, I think Lee Dixon is a bit of a forgotten man because obviously he played, you know, quite a long time ago. Um, but he did play till he was, I think, thirty-eight. I think in terms of we were talking about Aspilicueta and defending, I think we forget Lee Dixon is probably one of the best defensive right backs ever in the Premier League um, he was in that side um, in the 90s with Adams and Bold and Nigel Winterburn and you know that's a famous backline um, very nasty so he was for me when I was w- growing up watching him he was one of the you know and still to this day one of the best defensive right backs in terms of actually defending when Benga came in as well um, and Benga changed the style a bit he was able to adapt um, to play in a bit more attacking-wise as well. So I feel like um, that that mixture, I had to, looking at other right-backs, I couldn't put Gary Neville. Um, (laughs) And um, yeah, looking at other right-backs, you know, they were good. They're good, Zabaleta's a good shout Ivanovic as well. Uh, So yeah, that rounds up the back line. I just said left-back as well, almost Dennis Irwin. I will just throw his name in there because um, Dennis Irwin. I really liked him when he was. I think, I think he had a you know, good, you know, crossing ability as well. It was. I think Fergie mentioned that he was one of the, his best signings ever. So um, yeah. Midfield, I've got Patrick, and I know it's 4-3-3, but I've got Patrick and Yaya. Um, so Patrick, I mean, there's not much I can say about him. He's just. I call him Patrick. I call him. You know, Uncle Pat, he's just dominating dominating the midfield, a leader, you know, um, good skills as well, good technical ability in the middle of the park, Um, strong, fast, robust when he needs to be chipping with a goal. I mean, for me, he had pretty much all you'd want from a a centre-back tackle as well. And Yaya um, as well... uh, Mark, Mark mentioned a, a lot of the um, stats that he had. For me, that season that he had, um, one of the best seasons I've seen from a midfielder. Um, just the array of skills that he showed, the type of goals he scored, he scored a range of goals as well. He always had this thing where his goals would go in areas where the goalkeeper couldn't get to, um, right behind the post um, or in the top corner three kicks, penalties, he was calm. Um, played in the midfield too with Fernandinho. He also played, as Mark said, as a number 10. Um, and yeah, he played, you know, I know this was in the Premier League, but for Barcelona as a centre-back, he was competent there as well, won the Champions League with them. So for me, yeah, yeah it's got to be there. story behind him is obviously he had a, a trial, Arsenal played a couple of games, um, but it didn't happen. Wasn't meant to be, Um, (laughs) but he's um, he's still my guy. Um, Burkamp, I think Burkamp is probably one of the best technical players we've ever seen in the Premier League. Um, Just his his feet were just like magic ones. They just conjured magic whenever he wanted to Um, do some absolutely outrageous um, skills, some outrageous goals. Linked up very well with with Thierry, um, and yeah, I, I, there's not much I can say about Burkamp other than to say that I think Burkamp. I always debate inside about whether Thierry or Burkamp's my favourite player. Sometimes, but a lot of time I go for Burkamp. He just it was a dream to watch. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you can find a more technical, gifted player um, in the Premier League that we've had. Um, then we've got Ronaldo. Um We don't
0: holden. need to do Ronaldo. We know Ronaldo. We don't need to do Ronaldo. We could go straight to Hazard, bro.
2: <laughs>
1: I just want to say that he's got he's got an Arsenal jersey in this picture. and He's holding it up quite proudly, um, number <laughs> seven. So that's uh, there. Last few mark Thierry Thierry. I mean, I'm not going to say anymore about him. Yeah, we, we,
0: we could do with that. We all chose him, so it's cool. But Hazard, tell me what. What's, what's Hazard? Why Hazard?
1: Greatest striker in the Premier League. Okay, Hazard. Um, no big deal. Hazard just he's he's won a lot of um, he's won a lot of trophies. He's given a lot I think to Chelsea. I'll just when you watch him and he gets on the ball, um, the way he you know draws fouls. I think at one point he was drawing the most fouls in the Premier League consistently. Um, the skills that he had. Um, also the goals that he scored as well. I think um, if I'm watching this team, if I've got these players, Hazard, he definitely gets in there. I don't know. I don't know what what, what magical thing you want me to say about I think he's just been one of the best left left wingers we've seen in the Premier League. He might not be necessarily everyone's best, but for me, the things that he could do... um, the way he could win a game sometimes by himself as well for Chelsea. Um, Yeah, I've got to put him in there.
0: Cool, 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 cool. So what we're going to do is obviously we've all explained our teams now. What we're going to do to round up is we're going to just give it another sort of five minutes or so. And we're just going to discuss our combined 11 um just going to go back and forth with it uh, i'm just going to list the players and then what we're going to do is we're not going to obviously we're, we're going to come we're going to obviously discuss it but what i'm going to do is i'm going to put it on our instagram what we um what we finally agreed to be uh, 11 so we're going to do a shortened version of it um so i've got the players in each position so we're just i'm just going to touch on each one and we're just going to give a couple reasons obviously last sort of five minutes or so we're going to give a couple reasons why I certain i need to go so we're focusing on who needs to who, who who might have to get out of here so yeah and i'll post it up on the instagram um obviously for people to see and whatever cool so we'll start off, and anyone can this is free for all by the way. So you man can uh, you know jump in when you need to. The goalkeepers out of everybody's list, we all picked either Czech or Schmeichel. Is there you know any debate there as to why it should not be Schmeichel?
2: Hey, let me just say for me, yeah, check was part of the meanest defense I've seen. Um, I think. Uh, maybe to recent memory, that people will be will think of will think of like the injured pet check prior to the injury. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to drop you in it, bro. But yeah, I'll go through. <laughs> F- fam, like that, that pet check, yeah, for me, part of the meanest defense I've seen. I'm not, I'm not, he, he's
0: Obviously, not that. better than Schmeichel though. Be honest, he's not better than Schmeichel.
2: <sighs> Come on, man. It's not a club thing. For real. Like, Schmeichel <laughs> Shem- won things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, but And was one. a bad boy keeper. He was a bad boy keeper, for, for sure. But so was check. Can't disrespect Check, you know? He, he, no he was way. good.
0: He was no. good, but not part as good of the meanest, as meanest
2: defense. Meanest defense for me. So he gets in the conversation I, for me.
0: Part of, one of, but not the one. Not the, like, Schmichael's the I'm, guy.
2: I'm, I'm 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 not even I'm I'm not even disputing it, but like yeah. And he scored Premier League goals.
0: And he scored Premier goals. No, Come on, he's, man.
2: He's no he's no Allison, but yeah. Anyway, no <laughs> here
0: we go. <laughs> cool. All right, cool. So now what? We're gonna move quickly to what uh, right back. So we've got Ivanovic, Lee Dixon, Zabaleta, and Asprilla. So that's gonna be interesting. I uh, for me personally. Out of that list of players, I think Lee Dixon has to get the hell out of here. I'm sorry, Jay. Yeah, I feel,
2: <laughs> nah, I feel, I feel, I feel like he's getting the
0: hell out of here. I don't think he's I don't think he's better than Gary Neville, personally.
3: That's oh story. yes, I, stress, I can't lie. I, I think I, I Gary Neville's better. better.
1: When I think of Gary Neville, I just remember overmass. So
3: oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> When you have the length of career that he's had, you know what I'm trying to say. But this guy was Mr. Consistent, Mr. Consistent, Mr. Sort of 7 out of 10. Do you know what I mean? Sort of every week. For me, yeah, Gary Neville, Gary and the Gary Neville's not on my list. So I can't I can't have Lee Dixon. So I don't know how you might feel about that. Lee Dixon yeah, 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 yeah. wants fresh layer of uh, how many how
1: many Premier League titles does Aspie won? Uh I've
0: got it written down. So, so
1: he's
0: got two. Yes, I think he's got two. He
1: needs to show consistency over life. are we talking like yeah,
0: definitely. two Premier League titles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, so, I mean, it depends what you depend um deciding on, but I think consistency, he's been part of a, a solid back four as well. So I don't know about how get the hell out of it. I'm not saying he should be the one, but I get that out is a bit <laughs> this Sorry, asked, bro, asked, it's is ask who he thinks. His his top right back would be other than himself, and he'd probably mention
0: Lee Dixon. But he he's not in there either, so it doesn't even matter what he says.
1: He's
0: has got Gary Devil. Gary Neville, Neville? Gary Neville, Gary Neville over <laughs> But for me, so okay, cool. Um, obviously, Lee Dixon, um, Ivanovic. Uh, Ivanovic, I thought was a good shout. I think Ivanovic is a good shout. Zabaleta a good shout as well. Um, and he has he actually, you know what, Zabaleta's got a a good one. Um, how do man feel about Aspiriqueta as the right back?
2: Oh, I feel right back was a problem position for me. Um, Aspy or Ivanovic or Zabaleo, I'm, I'm, I'm to me, all of them, yeah, all of them have a shot, cool. they're, they're all interchangeable, man.
0: Cool, I know I'm gonna lose this next one, so it is what it is, but I just had to throw him in there because I didn't want no full house. Uh, Evra and um Ashley Cole. For me, I'm still, I'm still, I'm Come still on, Evra, man. but <laughs> Look at I'm still Ever The amount of bro. titles you Shameful. can't win that amount of titles that he's won and just not Passenger. be, you know. What I'm trying to say, no, no, you're, you're,
3: you know what it is. But, the thing. I saw this. but people you're, you're, always the say the won the
0: titles, bro. See, and this is what man, you know what? A lot of Man United players are a victim to the success of the team. So because everyone will go, oh, Beckham was overrated because he was in a good team. Um whoever they were overrated because they were in, in a good team. But you can't do that to one to eleven or one to eighteen of the squad. But I hear you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain too much about Ashley Cole because he was a, he was obviously a fantastic player. Cool, we move. So the center backs, we had Sol Campbell, Real Ferdinand, John Terry, Virgil Van Dyke. I'm just gonna say it straight Van Dyke. Sorry, man. He needs to finish playing first before I can before I can put him in the mix.
1: Because we don't know yet. We don't know. There's nothing wrong with adding someone who's, con- who's playing still. Oh, Of course, on that. of course. You can't. Base Ronaldo's him still I mean, playing. playing. Yeah. So you can't. Base it on that. Still but if you want to wait until he finishes playing, that's. But I think Virgil has shown all aspects of a top, 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 top. top. So for, a, for a couple, a couple of,
0: arguably two seasons.
2: Behave, behave! What was he <laughs> doing
0: that at Celtic? Was he was he that top top class centre back at Celtic or Southampton? My man was chopping him, he's sliding all over the place. Is that, is that what we're... is that, oh, yeah, is that,
3: that what? We're Harry Kane him. as well, <laughs> making him eat grass. It's a bit funny, so. You see
0: what I'm saying? So for me, Van Dyke, and he's not better than Rio. I don't care what anyone says. He's not better than Rio Ferdinand. That's just yeah, not. That's my opinion, but. It's but about, it's you yeah. it can't be objectively better than him yet. Like, let's yeah, see,
1: man. let's see if
3: he, is it if he holds this level. Of,
1: is, it, is it just because of time? And uh, first of all, yeah, if we're gonna, we're not gonna do this on based on how many trophies people have won, no, 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 no,
3: it's, no but it's because
1: our opinions, otherwise, isn't it? Of, of, otherwise, it's just a stats. stats thing, mm, I
2: mean, mm. you
1: know what I mean?
0: No, but it's based on our opinions, is it? So you can say whatever, like, do you know what I'm saying? That's,
1: that's fine, but I mean, if if we do on just titles alone, then. A lot of us are going to be <laughs> a lot put it in there. there.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. So another name because obviously most men picked Rio and Terry, but Soul Campbell,
2: bruv. Soul Campbell. Yeah, that, was, that was a shout out. Still can't lie. Bruv. Soul uh, Campbell and Rio for me. Them two man. Perfect. Compliment. Over
0: jo- over yeah. John Terry.
2: Uh, yes. I'll take. You know what? Even yes. for me, I put Soul ahead of John Terry. I just, can't. Just,
3: just. No. You know what? It's not so much. It's not so much because John Terry wasn't a good pick because obviously I chose him myself but in terms of ability at their height you see what soul offered in terms of speed the stuff that john terry didn't have in terms of the speed and the strength and the the, the complete dominance here of the box i'm sorry i have to put i would put soul in just on that basis i
1: think think john terry needed a partner
3: the right partner as well to, to be fair i'm not gonna lie to you he did because in his early years, bro, when we played against Arsenal, coming against Henry, Gallas had to play. Ooh. If Gallas didn't play, so it was a what about when
0: he? Hold on, This is why I'm going to get. T. What about when his partner was Cahill? What, what 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 happened? So was was Cahill a good partner for him too? Was was he was he a good K, um partner for him?
2: Cahill. Gary Cahill. Uh, yeah, he and was. John Terry. Yeah. A, oh, was oh he was. Yeah. He was My decent.
0: I've got that on record. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Decent, good. decent. Decent.
2: Good. Decent. Is good. Is
0: good. it's Good. We moved. Decent. Cool. That. That was. That was quite satisfying. To be honest, what?
2: <laughs> cool. I'll give you that one,
0: bro. I'll give you that one. So we have got the CM. Obviously, I put the whole bunch of CMs that we chose: Vieira, Gerrard, Yaya Toure, Skulls, Lampard, David Silva. Obviously, we'll just rush through it. For me personally, I, I can't. I can't put Gerrard in there. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. man.
2: Why explain? He slipped. He slipped. Okay, here we go. My <laughs> mother's <Man laughs> about bias. Yeah, man's I was, talking I about this, it.
0: if he moved to Chelsea, I would have put him in there.
2: So, so that's but this he, is based he, on. He, so, this is this is based on him and what he won. Yeah.
0: Primarily for me, he didn't he didn't obviously he didn't win the Premier League, whatever, but I feel like yeah, I can't I personally ain't gonna put man in my old time if they didn't win the Premier
2: League. Ask around about Gerard, (laughs) ask Man about Gerard. (laughs) Every man says, every man says, Yo, Gerard is the baller. Simple. Ask them, man. Perlo, Rivaldo, Zidane, whoever. Bring the top ballers. They all quote Gerard because they know. (laughs)
1: Ask but I, I'm putting Frank Lampard ahead as well. Do you have to win the okay, Premier League cool. to be the best in the Premier League? No, you don't, no, for me. It's, but it's your opinion, it's, though. That's what I'm, I'm trying to say. Ask, so it's like, I'm, no, no, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not even trying to diss Gerard. I'm saying, do, does that need to be a criteria for everyone?
2: No, this, this is this, this is a bait store. <laughs> this is a bait. I can't believe <laughs> man are actually debating Gerard. I can't believe it, Steven Gerard. Man are debating no, I'm, whether I'm he's, about, he's uh, the best.
1: We're Talk about the Premier League, we're talking about the best in the Premier League, not the best in Europe or anything like that. Yeah, do you have to win the actual title itself, the actual league itself, to be considered? Is it is it mandatory not the amount, but just the actual league? I'm not saying that it should be just for it. I, I feel like it should be, but you know, anyway, we'll see,
0: we'll see with our final picks. But okay, cool. So, other names here, anyone think anything anyone can get out of here? I put David Silva. Um, because obviously he's put one of my personal favorites. Does anyone feel like he can he can probably get out of here, yeah, get out of this he list? Can,
2: he, he can't chat to them, Mande. In terms of Premier League impact, yeah, for me, Davis Silva can't chat to Vieira, Davis Silva can't chat to Gerard, Davis Silva can't chat to Yaya. In the sense of Davis Silva, you know what you're getting week in, week out. Like, don't get me wrong, he's a magician, don't get me wrong, but. The things I saw Yaya do. Do you remember, remember, yeah? This is is what used to happen with Yaya. City would be in a sticky situation. Yeah? Last half an hour, Yaya in a 10. Because they know when he goes in the 10, he does what he wants. He pulls out the results. And for that season or a couple of seasons, for me, I've just not seen a midfielder take the game by the scruff of the neck and just do what he wants to do.
0: But you could argue, just as a counterpoint, t- David Silver, ten years at Man City, four Premier League titles. This guy was instrumental because you could argue that the spine of their their great team, company, Silver, Yaya Toure, Sergio Aguero, are probably their you know their stalwart players. They're going to put a, yeah. a statue of David Silver up soon, and obviously we'll that shows up. the impact that he had on the club. Do you know what I mean? And obviously they've been the most successful side over the past few years anyway, and he's been such a key player for them. So that's the only reason why I will say that. But, you know, I I hear it though, if you wanted to take him out and
2: stuff, I I definitely could hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Honourable mention for him in it, but it's just looking at the impact versus the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Obviously, Yaya Toure in there. See, Vieira, the reason why Vieira didn't get into mine personally was because I felt like, for me, I went for... I went straight for like, for me the heaviest the heaviest hitters for me anyway. Obviously I was I had a more of an attacking bias. I went for the heaviest hitters, and um, for me I don't think Vieira scored enough goals personally. Me personally, I don't feel like he scored enough goals um, from his position, considering how good a footballer he was in terms of his touch and his ability to set up the counter attacks. I think. He, he wasn't as goal-hungry. Well, obviously, that wasn't just his role. It was box-to-box, box, do you know what I mean? But for me, that's why I would have put in a... For me, it was between him and sort of Yaya Toure. And I was like, I'm going for Yaya Toure in there just because of that attacking threat. And I feel like he could yeah. do both sides of the game just as good, but his output going forward was big. But I'm not going to... Obviously, I'm not going to dis Vieira. Vieira's a bad boy. Do you know what I mean? He's sick. Cool. So, uh attackers. And obviously, we'll end on the attackers. Ronaldo... I think we all had Ronaldo and Thierry Henry so there's no point really talking about those but there's one spot left for Harry Kane Shearer and Hazard in our teams and in my opinion um, if there's one spot that spot for me personally um, even though I didn't pick him I feel like it has to go to Alan Shearer where? the amount of goals that guy scored and obviously he won the Premier League (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, that's the criteria. Okay, cool. So I, I that's I just, in... yeah,
0: that's my criteria though. So it could yeah.
2: be qualitative, but can you know I hear you. No, I hear you. I'll put I'll put Kane still. And you know what? Yeah, be... okay. You know what? The reason why I put Kane yeah is because when I had a look at the array of goals, yeah, that the the, the top scorers in the league have scored, yeah. For me, I know Kane Kane's on that 160 now, um, or 166. Like He's about a hundred goals behind Shearer, yeah. To me, it's not completely out of the equation that Harry Kane wins a Premier League before he's, before he hangs up his boots with the obvious um, and also that he overtakes Shearer because the rate of goals this guy scores when he plays, to me, is insane. Left foot, right foot, head. And his overall play as a footballer, for me, is where he shades Shearer for me. I, don't get me wrong, I understand it. Shira, like, listen, contract to Shira. Shira's lacing goals and, you know, everybody knows his little celebration and all of that. But for me, when I think about...
0: No, but don't, don't, apparently... say, it little, don't say it like that.
2: When I little celebration,
0: you know what? <laughs> That's legendary. Hey, that
2: trade what <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <trademark laughs> no, yeah, nah, I hear it. I hear it. But I, I, I just thought, you know what? I thought Shira sure, was a bit obvious. And I think Kane has the potential to overtake him, potentially.
0: Cool. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, cool. Well, if you want to find out, um, you know, what our Premier League eleven, the final one is, obviously, we're going to keep debating it off air and obviously we'll post it up on our social media. And um, if you know, if you know it's Lee Dixon's in there, you know who to
1: blame. Great Lee, man.
0: Cool. Yeah, cool. So that's the end of obviously episode 2 of the breakdown show which is obviously brought to you by The Football Supplement. Um subscribe to our YouTube channel, man. We need obviously subscribers and whatever. So subscribe to our YouTube channel if you like it. Um like it on YouTube, um share it with your friends, let somebody know. Obviously we're going to be posting clips from this on um, onto our Instagram which is The Football Supplement. Um yeah, just obviously there's things that have been said this episode, so if you don't agree, you know, if or if you feel like you want to say something, get in touch, obviously, and we'll be here. But yeah, we out, man, we out.
3: Peace. Hey.
0: Cool, cool, cool.